0: This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell. Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. And I say yes, you look wonderful tonight.
1: Ah, it's a beauty, isn't it? Love, Eric. Well, the music is appropriate for the show and for the next guest. This Hi-Fi Radio is a show about money, and uh, it's incredible. The American economy, which is the finest economy in the world, it's the finest stock market in the world, and we are blessed as, as Canadians uh, to operate in the same time zone and have pretty fluid access to the US market. I would be, I'd, be in a, I'd be challenged if I was just stuck to buying Canadian companies. In fact, I'd say about two-thirds of the businesses that we own in our portfolios uh, are American companies. Uh, They're incredible companies, they're huge, they're massive, Um, and uh, there's a lot of good information on these companies. Uh, Delighted to work with Canaccord, have some brilliant, brilliant brain trust at this firm. Um, Susan Anderson, uh, one of our analysts, Uh, 18 years of experience uh, working on what's called the sell side, Uh, also worked at Deutsche Bank, Citi, she's a veteran, Uh, she holds an MBA, CFA, and to boot on the side, civil engineering, California State, Long Beach. Wow. Uh, welcome, Susan, to Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, Jack had a great conversation with you. said you're a ball of fun and bright and uh, full of insight. Uh, appreciate you spending some time with us this Saturday night on the show about money, Hi-Fi Radio. Thank you.
2: Yes, yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So you cover consumer retail, uh, health, wellness, and lifestyle. Uh, Jack and I had a great pass a couple of years ago on Estee Lauder, uh, it hit our screens. Bought the stock, made some good money. Uh, stock began to roll over, grabbed the loot, and scooted. Uh, booked a nice trade. Stock blew up again. Uh, concerns of China not reopening uh, as quickly, and uh, and that this that is part of this play. Uh, Estee Lauder is an interesting business because they make a lot of money, a lot of sales at airports. As your fourteen hours, uh, you know, show up fourteen hours before your plane leaves, kind of a deal. Uh, hope you don't lose your luggage and uh, try to relax, go buy some makeup, I guess. Um, but that story lost a bit of a bloom, stock pulled back. A lot of questions on the street. Do you buy Estee Lauder? Uh, and your answer to that question is?
2: Well, no, we're waiting on the sidelines. We have a hold right now. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit more to the story than just China and travel. You know, it definitely seems like the Chinese consumers getting back out. They're traveling. We've heard stories of some travel retail up 30%. But they're buying other stuff besides beauty right now. They're buying. They want to get out and they want to buy handbags. They want to buy luxury goods. You know, they they kind of kept fairly well stocked on beauty during COVID. So. I think they're really looking for other things when they get out. And, you know, Estee Lauder is just so penetrated in that channel. I think it's it's just not seeing the rebound that they they thought they would be, be seeing at this point in time. And it, you know, it just may take longer for it to happen. So, you know, we think it's more than just the travel retail in China. And then if you look here, you know, in the U.S. or in North America, a lot of their brands are just kind of, Old, right? They're legacy brands. We call them Estee Lauder, Clinique. They sell through department stores. The you know the younger consumer, the millennials, and now we're seeing Gen Z be a part of the pie. They want these newer, on-trend brands, and they want to buy them either online or at a specialty beauty retailer such as Ulta. And I think you know Estee just hasn't shifted with the tide as much as they should have. So. We're kind of waiting on the sidelines, you know, seeing how all this plays out. They did have the Tom Ford acquisition, which I think will be great for them. It'll, you know, take time to ramp up. Um, you know, they have lots of cash, too, um, once they pay down that debt. So they can acquire new brands, too. So, you know, we're, we're just kind of waiting on the sidelines, seeing what ha- seeing what happens next.
3: Fair so enough. I can say the brands are kind of stale, as you said, um, Susan. So what about the valuation? Because A retail investor, uh, often they they look at a stock and they see it's down. I'm not sure how much it was down, but was it maybe 10% or something like that on the the recent news uh, or earnings? Uh, Valuation-wise, Susan, what type of growth do you see out of Estee Lauder? And then also, is it cheap now?
2: No, we don't really think so. So, you know, we actually had to cut earnings more than the stock got cut. So valuation actually went up. Um, You know, they're still going to have, negative sales um, it's, we use PE so trading at almost 37 times next year's consensus earnings Wow. historically it's traded at 32 times so yep. it's trading above his, its historical average um, so I think we need to kind of see where you know the business settles out um, when it bottoms and when they can start to see sales and earnings grow again so yeah we don't really think it's necessarily a value here
1: Let me pivot over uh, to a stock that we do own uh, and tell me I'm not the chump that topped it, but I'm I'm very toppable. I can top stuff all the time. Uh, I eat by the peak and uh, watch it go lower. Uh, I'm human, uh, but I deal with my mistakes and uh, move on and, well, try to hang on to the winners and get rid of the losers. That said, Ulta Beauty. Uh, It hit my screens. Technically, uh, it was working. I saw you did a nice write-up on it. We put we put some money on the table, bought some Alta. Uh, I was right for about three minutes, and then the stock rolled over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you no, laugh. Yeah, funny, funny, funny yeah, with other good. people's money. Um, but it, look, uh, as I say to Jack, this is a business of taking shots on net. You just have to be able to be uh, uh, disciplined with your money management. Shots on net, folks. We understand that in this town, don't we? Alta. Uh, uh, am I going to yeah. be okay?
2: So- Ulta is the one that we would buy here. So it has pulled back, which I think is a great buying opportunity. You know, it's valuations below its historical. It's one of the cheaper beauty retailers you can buy out there. It's well diversified. It has both mass and prestige beauty. So both low end and high end. So it should do well in in any environment, right? Um, And it's in the right spot, I think, for the future of consumers shopping for beauty. They have their own stores, you know, their new hip on trend. They're always bringing in new brands. They always have the hottest new brands and like department stores. Um, And, you know, you can buy wherever you want to buy with Ulta. They have a great loyalty program, one of the largest in beauties. It's really the largest behind Target at um, 40 million customers. So I think... Sorry, if
1: if I may, um, Susan, this this is an interesting point you're making. Many businesses are valued at a higher level if they have a loyalty program uh obviously costco, costco. followed by um come and help me here people followed by costco followed by you mentioned alta Target, one of the biggest target's got a bit walmart has a big uh, loyalty program now loves who invented the loyalty program canadian tire uh, we're Canadian Tire entire oh, can of the loyalty program, boys and girls. But, That's what you learn on Hi-Fi Radio. Good, powerful stuff like that. Yes. Uh, look, yeah. we're going to take a quick break. We're hanging with our uh, consumer and uh, retail health, wellness, and lifestyle analyst, um, Susan Anderson. Susan, uh, what state? Are you, are you in California right now?
2: I'm actually near D.C.
1: Washington. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice, very very nice. I, I enjoy my stay in that uh, in that town. So it's a it's a great place. Uh, going to take a quick break get back with Susan speak a little bit more about the uh, consumer Uh, Discretionary segment uh, Talk a little bit About fashion as well She mentioned handbags And well I'll share with you A stock that we just Purchased But you're going to Hang around for about A minute and a half
0: Let's take a break Wolf and Jack Will continue their In-depth discussion About money You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio On 640 Toronto
1: Cut that one short. Sorry, folks. It's a material girl thing, right? All right, we're setting up Susan Anderson. Uh, she is with uh, Canaccord, of course. She's one of our star analysts. Uh, very, very educated individual, civil engineer, MBA, CFA, uh, worked globally, and uh, well, she's hanging out in DC. It's cool the footprint Canaccord has. Throughout America, all these little offices uh, across the country and uh, different pulse, uh, without question, as we speak to your cohorts, uh, Susan. Uh, I'm going to throw a question to you. Uh, In DC, how many cranes do you see in the sky? And my second question is, how is that back to work thing playing out?
2: Oh, DC's on fire in terms of expansion. So there's a lot. Maybe not as many as New York or Toronto, but. There's a lot. Who do, you, who do you think has
1: more, New Everyone York or Toronto, to Susan? By the
2: government.
1: Who yeah. has more, who has more New, York, New York or Toronto? Um, I don't know. Maybe Toronto. You got that right. Ding ding ding, Toronto, ding, 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 right. ding, 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 ding. You're a winner. You're, a winner. you're a winner. You won the prize. Yeah, good. <laughs> there, uh, uh, Brad Lamb, he's a uh, real estate developer. He builds... 40 story condos he's a client of ours um, and he's a friend of ours he's frequently on this show he's a great great, smart man uh, and the fact is he's shared with us there's 240 cranes in Toronto which is more than the 11th, 11 largest cities combined in North America
3: wow I
1: know I know I know Susan. isn't that wild
3: that is still well, I not think enough
2: we houses. In all their growth twenty years ago, right? So now it's just rebuilding, basically.
1: Well, yeah, well, much of Toronto needs to be rebuilt. We have a lot of decrepit streets on this city. They're decrepit, and the homes are all worth over a million dollars, and they they look like junk. Uh, again, these buildings in North America were engineered. You're an enge- You're a civil engineer, Susan. Yeah. I can ask you the question. <laughs> you're the civil engineer. A, a suburban townhome. We're pivoting away from what you do for a living, going back to your accreditation, that little ring you have on your finger, right? You got the ring on your finger? Yes. Yeah. Right? Eh? It's on your, yeah. pink, on your pinky. Yeah. Okay, you got your pinky ring on. Um, the uh, What is the shelf life? What's the engineered life or the built-in obsolescence life of a typical suburban home in North America?
2: A typical suburban? Home. Yeah. Well, I think they're getting cheaper and cheaper.
1: Okay, so the number's decade. going down. So how long? <laughs> how many years?
2: Okay. Uh, I don't know. 30
1: years, Colin. Oh, no, come on. Oh, no, 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 no. So, you're six the six civil ideas. engine. I, what were you? I you're not my... I'm not, I'm not, you're fired. You're fired as I, I can see why you become an analyst. Um, you're building 30-year <laughs> homes. My God. No, 70, 75 years is what I, I... was taught by two engineers. 75 years. Uh, and you see it. Uh, floor sag. Roof sag. Uh yeah, the the window the windows are designed for 25. You're 30. talking
3: structural, not cosmetic type stuff. Not redoing kitchens. Yeah, I'm redo- to that the in no, like 30. No, no. no. Well, guys, oh, she's talking cosmetic. No, no, we're uh, not doing cosmetics. We're doing that's, that, that's that's the other part
1: of the show. Yes, yeah, the structural part. Anyways, I We're playing around here, hanging out with Susan Anderson, one of our analysts. She of course is an engineer, but she's also a certified financial analyst. She's a master in business, well, an MBA. That's so 80s, by the way. And I respect it. I'm with you. It's good. It's cool. I'm just saying. You don't hear a lot of MBAs going around, CFAs, and I don't know what the the new. uh, new, uh, We like experience
3: in our offices. She's got a lot of of that there. I
1: love experience. Oh, in the markets, logging experience, you know, losing hair, being bald. It's actually a good thing, sort of. Not really. I may have to go to Turkey. Another show. Um, (laughs) Do you know what's going on in Turkey, Susan, as we're talking health and wellness and beauty? Do you know what Turkey has become?
2: What has it become?
1: It has become the hair transplant capital of the world.
2: Oh wow!
1: You didn't know that, eh? How do you know that? Um, I okay. I, I, yeah, it's I, top I, secret. <laughs> I'm inquisitive. I'll, you know, when, when when a chia pet shows up in your office you saw the week before with no hair, what's going on here? Um, I, I fell in my office, went to Turkey, and I think for three thousand uh, dollars, eight hours in the chair, incredible transplant. Uh, in Canada, they wow. won't they won't. Uh, not seduce you, <laughs> seduce you. <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking like? Sedate you, seduce you, sure. I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, what's this chop from uh, All in the Family? Mr.
2: What was That's name? not good for the hair spinning shampoo everyone's trying to sell. Yeah, good oh, luck. The go. tiny,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Well, back in the day, that was called the Helsinki formula. Remember that one? <laughs> the hell you remember that jack he no. doesn't even know it jack doesn't even know it. oh good anyway why turkey because they will they will uh, sedate you longer and basically uh, do a bigger transplant transplant more hair uh eight people working around you and they don't need to be true doctors and so therefore they can hire cheaper staff bigger crew uh more hair for the buck and a lot cheaper in canada or you know, 10 15 20,000 bucks in turkey Three. Go on uh, yeah. the social media. The jokes are hilarious. The, jo- oh, the jokes on social media are so funny. You know, basically huh. people showing up at the airport with all this hair on their head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, that's so funny. You know, the the, the the departure flight, the picture of the people on the plane yeah, all bald, the, the coming the home flight, all hit. So funny.
2: Like, how did you grow that hair?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've debated getting a transplant. I said, no way. I couldn't do it. It's, you know, not, I got a little tough-tough on the front of my hair, and that's sort of what I, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to my little tough-tough. Ah, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy! Material world, uh, indeed. Let's uh, let's stay on the topic. Alta Beauty. So we own the stock now. What they have about sixteen thousand stores, Susan? Uh
2: huh.
1: Yeah. No. Is that is that a yes? That's, oh is
2: no, that a... not, not fifteen thousand.
1: No, I said <laughs> see, they have about sixteen thousand stores. Is what I said. Is that correct?
2: Oh, um, they're going to get close to about 1,500, I would say. So their long term goal is like 1,500 to 1,700 in the US. And they'll be there about 2025. Last year they had about 1,300.
3: Oh, that's that's a lot of stores, Wolf, 1,500 stores.
2: Yeah, that's a lot.
1: Well, there's 2,000 Tim's in Toronto, and I think there's there's uh, 3,000 pot shops. There's more pot shops than than there are Tim's, I think, in, in, in Toronto.
2: Yeah.
3: Interesting.
1: <laughs> um, but Ulta, in terms of their revenue growth rate, uh, what are you forecasting?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, probably longer term, we're looking at mid-high single-digit growth, including, you know, store growth, comp growth. Um, comps will probably normalize in the 3 to 5% range. You know, they've seen massive growth because of COVID, right? So they kind of saw that normalization trend. So that's not normal. So we're going to look out normal is probably mid to high single digit top line.
1: Hmm. You know, a stock that we own and this is, you know, it's consumer discretionary space. You're, you're obviously working in a very microcosm of the whole discretionary space. It's fascinating how tight you've gotten with what you're uh, paying attention to. And we will get to another stock in your space, but I'm going to diverge for a second, uh, over to, uh, Louis Vuitton, Moi Chardon. They do have a cosmetics division. That stock has yeah. been ripping. Um, And I thought that that was actually I'm not sure which the highest margin business is for Louis Vuitton. It's not their booze. uh, It may be their their leathers. leathers. It's their leathers. That's where they're making the bulk of their money is in their leathers and their their cosmetics. Their margins are a little less. Um, But it's incredible. These these really high-end brands have so much mojo right now. The low-end stuff is really holding in as well the dollar Ram as the walmart's of the world home depot has become extremely cheap um costco's trying to uh, re- recover from a bit of a flat line uh, it's, it's just very dynamic to see the, the 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 footings out there um with
3: with that said yeah, I mean, what are you picking up
2: it's still the same story the middle is getting squeezed right? getting
3: squeezed and I, w- I would also add that those high end brands will.
2: F- so you could buy your Louis Vuitton bag, right? So, you know, you go to Costco and buy your other stuff cheaper, so you still have money left over. So,
3: yeah, you talk about a barbell approach. You get the, the high end brands and then you got the dollar stores. The high end brands over the last yeah. two years, we we're talking to an analyst just this week, uh, they really dis- rediscovered uh, their pricing power, demand, and elasticity. Yeah. And the fact is, they can raise prices more than they realized over the last decade, because last decade for inflation was relatively benign, and I don't think that those high-end brands probably raised rates as much as they probably yeah. could have.
1: Um, share with us, exactly. if we have about 60 seconds uh, with you, Susan. Uh, share with us some key trends that, that, that are um, pivot points that you think that we can really uh, wrap our arms around for the next three to five years with, in, in your space of consumer and retail.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the same thing in beauty, that trading up. So we're seeing actually luxury beauty brands. So Dior, Sinti, like all these like luxury brands becoming really popular. So it's kind of the same barbell. So either low end or people want to trade up to prestige or luxury. So that's a trend. Um, You know, we're seeing lots of sustainability um, lots of clean ingredients, right? Like consumers more and more are paying attention to what they not only put in their mouth, but put on their face. Right. So, um, no one really wants anything with, with bad ingredients that's going to, you know, longer term harm you. Um, also, you know, the online business, no one would ever, ever thought that people would buy makeup online. Right. But now you can basically try it on online with all of the AR, AI, all of the technology, so really it's easier to try online. You,
1: you can actually. T- so one thing Su- I said, no, sorry, Susan. You'll
2: never have is fragrance. You could never smell anything online, right? Like that would be really hard to solve. But you think you can
1: actually? You're telling me you can sample, try with, 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 with a degree yes, of comfort. So yes, take a picture of yourself, makeup, and you upload it online.
2: Yeah. Take a picture of yourself, you upload it, and then you could try different colors on yourself. Or you can use one of their own models. My
1: too. my daughter is obsessed with. She's fifteen, by the way. Obsessed with mascara, and she found some. I don't know. Aqualift, no water, so it doesn't. It, it makes yeah. her. You, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But my she daughter. She was lot. so excited when sure. she bought this tube of. I don't know what it was called. But you know the brand I'm talking. What was the name of the brand she's buying? That that. It's, no.
2: There's so many, and I, I guess she probably learned about it on TikTok.
1: Is that what she did? Eh? She learned about that on TikTok. Th- thank you for, for telling me uh, I'm, I'm curious where she gets this information you know
2: I mean without social media it's really changed you know the beauty industry like people find all their information on social media <clears throat> that's where they discover brands that's where they discover new products and then you know sometimes they buy directly from there but lots of times they'll go to the store then and check it out
1: social media drives it yeah that's incredible Susan Anderson, analyst with Canaccord, uh, covering the consumer and retail health, wellness, and lifestyle sector. I uh, can't thank you enough for your insight. Uh, fascinating. Uh, may okay. you be well, and I look forward to uh, continue to read your research. Going to take a quick break, get right back with Hi-Fi Radio and speak with our technician, Mr. Javed Mirza. Uh, he's got the charts right in front of him. And my friends, that friend, <laughs> the friend is your trend, sure. The trend is your friend. I feel like Archie Bunker today. Stand by.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. Yeah, they were dancing and singing and moving to the moving, and just when it hit me, somebody turned around and shouted, well,
1: "Hello, my good friends!" Uh, uh, uh,
0: right.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Uh, little Wild music. Cherry. You know, watch his video on YouTube. It is so classic. Oh my goodness me! That's just it's too funny. Love it. Yeah, funky music. You know, it's incredible. You know, back in the day before zeros and ones and technology, you know, people traded stock, but they did so curbside, as they used to say. The greatest book on the market is Reminiscence of a Stock Operator, or any of the old books on the market. I mean, you know, the ones that are 80 100 years old. They talk about the way it was. And yeah, curbside trading market was open on the weekend. All kinds of shenanigans took place, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, they bid stocks up and down uh, based on supply and demand, and uh, and so be it. But it was just prices and last prices, and you sort of remember prices, but they couldn't really track the stuff. And uh, well, along came a new advent of a science uh, called technical analysis, where they start to plot stock prices onto paper and create what's called charts, and then. People decide to look at those charts and see trends. He would see things. Javid Mirza is one of those men who sees things. Hope he doesn't hear any voices. Probably does. I do. Uh, anyways, Javid, thanks for joining us, my good friend. Having a little fun today. It is Saturday night. We're allowed to have some fun. And you know something? That's one of the reasons why I go to work: to smile, to engage, to have fun. Um, Javid, it's interesting, and I, I want to speak loosely at first. Um, you can buy the, the in. in we can buy stocks making all-time highs, okay? Now, yeah. that means you're paying top dollar for it. Who wants to pay top dollar for anything? And ironically, uh, a thing in motion stays in motion. Uh, and when something is really moving, a party is taking place, and who wants to miss out on a party? Of course, parties do end, and then the the, the hottest party falls the hardest. But then you got the other camp where you, you find the beaten-up names that are down in the dumps. And they're cheap, 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 cheap. You can buy those, but they can get cheaper and they can stay down the dumps. Or you can look in between the stuff that was down and is starting to turn the corner and move higher. So there's really three ways you can enter the market. You can buy the super strong stuff that's working like a charm that's already had a big move, which runs the risk of it retreating just after I buy it. It happens to me all the time. You can buy something deep in the dumps. I just bought Nutrien this week, uh, Javid. Deep in the dumps. Uh, I just think knowing the company fundamentally, as well as I do, it's a world-class um, producer of nitrogen, phosphate, and uh, what's the third one, Jack? Uh, pot- potassium. No, pot- potash. Potash, nitrium, and phosphate. Those three items. It was, it was the old potash merging with agrium, The two merged. World's largest. Cheaper than chips. Big divvy. Yeah, earnings are going to roll over. That's why the stock's down. The market knows a whole lot of it. Uh, I have a feeling I, I, I try to catch a falling knife, and I caught it basically right near the floor. I have a feeling about that, but ain't certain. We'll find out in time. Uh, but, you know, Javit, I'll tell you what we start to pick up this week is a few names in that in-between category that hit the floor and are forming bases. Shall I talk about Amazon? Shall I talk about MDB? Shall I talk about Melly? Um there's three names I threw out to you, all in the land of tech, all that were darlings that blew up, uh, that have hit the floor, that actually look technically, to my naked eye, pretty good. Your thoughts. I'll repeat the names. Amazon, Melly, and MDB. MongoDB.
4: Yeah, so as you know, we we'll, uh, don't talk too much about individual stocks on these kinds of shows. But what I would say is, in general, we continue to see um, – Basically, the market underneath the surface continue to improve, uh, and in general, uh, some of the smaller cap names uh, as well. So that was the concern. You know, that's what we saw in 2021 is all the large mega cap tech names. They basically lifted the market higher, and I think we saw the results of that in 2022, when basically those names we call the Goliaths came under pressure and uh, really were uh, – res- led to uh, and had a disproportionate share of the losses uh, of the market. But even though we've seen those names... Rebounds- right,
1: and if I may, the FANG, you're talking about the FANG stocks, the Facebook, the yeah. Apple, the Google, the Microsoft, uh, seven, eight stocks. Uh, they drove the market higher in 18, 19, even right through 20. They kept working very, very yeah, but well. but
3: they're also doing it in
1: 23 right yeah. now. I'm saying they, they, they had a huge move, a disproportionate move for such a long time. Then they went cold and the world were overowned and began to unload them throughout 22. And that was supposed to carry into 23. I was positioned for it to carry into 23, many people were. And that FANG complex hit bottom and began to turn the corner. Now, here we are in that in-between zone where they're well off their highs, well off their lows, and really driving the NASDAQ and technology higher, which is a leading indicator for broad market, correct?
4: Yeah, exactly. And so what we're seeing and you know, you've had us on the show a couple of times since October and we've been talking about this new four-year cycle of cyclical bull market is taking hold that has upside into late call it late 2025 early 2026. And well, you know, one of the things that we like to see is there are different areas of the market that are working and different areas that aren't. And it's, you know, that's why it's, you know, some people call it the stock market, but we refer to it as the market of stocks. So there's a Thousands of stocks out there. Some are working, some aren't. Through the bulk of 2022, uh, a lot of the charts look very similar, but now we're starting to see divergences.
1: And- no, b- b- bifurcation, again, in technology. And Jack, you, you were talking about an hour ago. DocuSign, Flatline, who else do you pick? But six well, of
3: Pinterest, Pinterest. Zoom, Zoom Video. So all the real COVID darlings. Uh, the super darlings. Yeah, the yes. super darlings. No, but technology right now, t- uh, the market loves a story right now. The technology story is AI. Are they talking about AI? How are they benefiting from it? And are have they been able to convert to profitability? And how profitable are they? So market still wants growth. They want profitability. And they want artificial and intelligence the, in know, that story. And the
1: scary thing is, friends at home, pay attention to this. A, a, a company knows now that it can push its stock higher, as Jack indicated, through profitability. And an easy way to become profitable is to cut costs. Any company that's mentioned a $10,000 Headcount cut has witnessed their stock price go higher. Expect more of those announcements. I repeat, go to work Monday to Friday. Go in earlier if you want. Leave a little, just show your face, be present, and rub your shoulder. You'll have more fun too. Uh, I do believe that. Yes, a lot of bifurcation going on uh, in the land of tech. So um, let's go back to the leaders versus the fallen angels. Uh, would you place money? more money in the leaders, the stuff that's working, or would you dabble in some of the falling angels at this juncture, Javid?
4: No, I'd prefer to stay with what's working. Uh, yeah. you know, The market is telling us these are the names that for whatever reason, uh, the future is holding more potential. So those are the areas that uh, right now we'd prefer to add. So broadly speaking, information technology, we're seeing consumer discretionary improve as well. And in the U.S., communication services. So those areas are working. And then here in Canada, it's materials, industrials, and consumer discretionary. And as you know, we really, really like the industrials in both Canada and the U.S. So those are areas of the market we continue to like. Uh, for instance, you know. No, just, just,
1: just, just, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm getting the wrap uh, slap and slap. Uh, uh, so let's do that. Uh, commercial break. Get back to Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Hanging in with our technician, Mr. Javed Mirza. Of course, my partner, Jack Hartle. Uh, you have any questions? Check us out. WolfgangKlein.com. Send us a note. We will get back to you. No question too big. No question too small. We shall help answer them all. Stay tuned.
0: Want to make more money? Stay tuned for more Hi-Fi Radio on 640 Toronto.
1: Keep them coming, friends. License, Keep them coming, now
0: man. I don't drive.
1: Welcome back to the show. Money. Old Joe Walsh there. Life has been good. I hope it's been good to you. It's been great to me. And, uh, well, me, the greatness spill over uh, to all of you. And, uh, you know, having money, more of it, helps. It does help. Um, yes, indeed. And don't fall victim to these. Have you caught these commercials, Jack, on television? I know you don't watch a lot of television. Um, but the commercials running on people who've taken on too much debt and now they need help because they're insolvent and they're basically looking for a handout. It's it's appalling that they consume too much, big debt. Now they're in financial difficulty and about to lose everything. Uh,
3: bankruptcies are ticking up right now. So throughout COVID free handouts, found its way, obviously, into people's bank accounts. I say they bought I, a bunch of discretionary I, items. There was not a lot of insolvencies, not a lot of bankruptcies, but now reality is kicking in because interest, uh, borrowing is not free. I'm just saying the Cost consumer money, world
1: we live in, some, some people have, I don't care what the government, government handouts is a new thing. There are people who are just consuming too much stuff that they can't afford, uh, and they end up in a situation of a bankruptcy, it's just,
3: it's not good. But I would say that's part of I'm going to say a normal cycle too. A
1: normal cycle. That's that is my point. And, and but now they're running commercials saying that you, you know, society help us. We 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 we've, we've got oh, ourselves in trouble. Those. Yeah, it, 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 it's not good. Uh, it's not good. Um, it's not good. You you must learn to live beneath your means. And I'll tell you, you know, if you're a, a, a child of an of a of, a, of an immigrant, uh, you're going to learn those lessons well because your parents are going to teach them to you. Uh, The issue is the sixth, seventh, eighth generation, they don't learn those lessons anymore uh, until they have to, and that's usually the wrong time. Uh, my goodness. It's, yeah,
3: it's, 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 a blessing well, to be a child. It's, it's of a margin of, yeah, but live with a margin of safety, live beneath your means. No different than when you're buying stocks, make sure that, you know, if you're buying a stock, make sure that it's a high quality stock where there's a margin of safety. There's, how about, a, no, a debt. Good how, chance how about no debt?
1: How about no debt? The problem is people are taking on too much consumer debt. You know, and I know Jack, there's only one type of debt I think is acceptable for an average Canadian, an average Canadian, and that is a mortgage. No consumer debt, period. Never, ever, ever—the uh, intro. Credit card? You got eighteen. Per- I can't make you eighteen percent. Uh, maybe Javit can. Uh, <laughs> our guest here is a technician, market technician. Um, but you know, something I know he can't I would say, manage. I say manage consumer debt
3: for sure. And I mean, if you're going Don't, buying, have, no, you're, don't what, have any. Well, no, don't
1: manage it. Don't have any well, consumer gonna if
3: debt. If you're going to buy a big ticket item, not a lot of people have but, a, enough money to buy a car in their bank account. So, yes, all right, you know, I, I got to need, a, that's a, need a vehicle.
1: That's a sec. Okay, but well, do you need the $80,000? Yeah, well, okay, I think a BMW and, a, and an Audi and, and a high end car belongs to. No, about, no, buy what you can but, afford. Hear me, belongs to one or 2% of the population. I, I think the, the fifteen to twenty percent of the population are driving luxury brand cars, which depreciate. That's a thousand dollars a month to service to, to, to own that car, grand a month. Jack, you and I know the math. If you save a grand a month for the course of forty years, that's it. There is ample. There's millions of dollars set up for retirement. A thousand dollars a month. So, so if you I, want to retire well, you want to have a nice car.
3: So Wolf, well, I will say one thing. I've always bought the same car, a used car. Yeah, my, wife, my wife gets a new one. Keep her happy. I've always got the used car.
1: I'm not down on a used car or buy a car, a good quality car like a Toyota or Honda and drive it for 50. My Audi, people are laughing. Excuse me. My, my Volkswagen diesel, uh, a two liter TDI 2004. I just put it to bed 12, what, 18 months ago. I, I, had I think car. it put
3: itself to bed. I think it was done. It did. I drove it to the <laughs> end.
1: I took care of it. And yeah, it cost me nothing. You know how much money, how much wealth I built while I wasn't paying for a car payment it was all going to the bank I was banking all that dough over 18 years it's a, it's millions or at least a million it's a lot of dough uh, look at our website we, we actually have a lot of compounding tables on it uh, under our resource center go to WolfgangKlein.com if you're interested in the power of compounding and th- that really is what wealth creates that's how you create wealth long-term. Uh, there is no other way. Uh, of course, Jack and I, we're going to talk about the squiggles on the line right now with Javit. It's what, you know, we do. Uh, we look at trends and try to, you know, anticipate change and, you know, add value, add alpha. But ultimately you want to build wealth, you buy quality and you do that for about 25 years um, and stick with it. Uh, Javit, do you agree or disagree with all that babble of mine?
4: A hundred percent agree. It's uh, being consistent over time. Is the key to wealth living below your means? All of that is the most important. In fact, that all of that, those habits are much more important than you know buying one stock and, and maybe doubling your money. It's like investing is like going to the gym, it's all about those incremental gains and just doing it week after week. And one of the best things you can do is just have money set aside that automatically gets deposited into your investment account that you don't even see. And I think that's what the difference is ultimately between wealthy people and poor people is that poor people, they get the money, they spend it and they invest the rest and wealthy people, they get the money, they invest it and then they spend what's over. I love that. That different difference mindset is key. It's critical. And you guys do a great job in helping people achieve those goals. We do. I, I,
1: I, I truly believe that. <laughs> go to our website. You, you, you tell us, my good friends. You go to WolfgangKlein.com, hit the performance matters button. Uh, you'll see uh, well over a decade of, of monthly returns that Jack and I have generated for our clients. Uh, over a decade. And then I, I say to you, ask your current advisor if they publish their work. There is not one advisor in the country that publishes their work. Portfolio work on a monthly basis the way we do. Uh, I don't understand why. Are they afraid of what they're showing? I don't know. Uh, Anyways, WolfgangCline.com, you can find it there. But uh, Javid, uh, help me out here. Um, I'm seeing a lot of strength in, I'm going to throw about 10 names to you that are strong and some names that are weak. Uh, NVIDIA, MDB I mentioned to you, uh, Fair Isaac, Uh, Copart uh, is a stock that just had a nice pop for us, Uh, Louis Vuitton, Uber, uh, Ferrari, Constellation Software, and booking holdings. There's 10 names that are looking very, very strong. Now let me show you, talk about some names that are looking weak and get your opinion. All the Canadian banks, every darn one of them. Cheaper than chips, eight, nine times earnings, juicy dividends, and again, Jack's reminded me, and I'm gonna remind him, and he's gonna keep, we're gonna keep reminding each other these Canadian banks raise their dividend almost twice a year. I, friends, did, did you hear what I said? Canadian banks increased their dividends almost every, every six months. And yet the stocks are trending lower. Um, REITs not looking too healthy. Re- anything real estate is not looking very healthy, believe. You hear what I said, friends. Most real estate stocks not looking well. Oil not looking so good, which doesn't bode well for the Toronto market. So I've shared with you some good. I've shared with you a lot of bad. And then I, we got the in-between stuff, which I think is the Amazons of the world. Okay, Javid, so what do you think? The strong versus the weak.
4: What what I would say here, Wolf, is continue to stick with the strong and they're going to be leaders in, in this new cycle as well. So right now we're seeing, especially in the industrials, they've been some pretty uh, shown some strong leadership. So I definitely like uh, industrials in this new cycle. And, you know, we've talked about this, the HFL cycle or higher for longer. So we believe inflation and rates are going to be higher and be stickier than most people anticipate so especially stocks that are paying dividends uh we like a lot uh, as well but in general you yeah,
1: know i'm gonna interrupt you the yeah. dividend paying stocks with stocks that aren't working the big, the big juicy divvies are the banks and they're not working uh same with the oils not working what do you do with them
4: so I do like the banks here uh, in financials, in both Canada and the U.S. We are looking for them to turn around. They are, as you mentioned, uh, obviously. No,
1: have uh, a good time. Bank. So you, you like the banks, fine, turning around. What about the energy space?
4: Do not uh, very cautious on energy. So I, I think we, you know, Wolfgang and Jack, you guys are usually on our Monday call where we talk to the entire team. And one of the things we've been highlighting uh, since August of last year is that we think crude is gonna be kind of in this choppy sideways trading range into call it late 2024, early 2025. So we think energy stocks are poised to underperform. No, I'm not saying.
1: Okay, no, that's cool. That's cool, uh, Javid. I apologize. We we we've gone a little long here, uh, Jack. I'm going to give Jack 10 seconds. Uh, Jack, what's your take? The strong stocks versus the weak stocks?
3: Cool. I agree with Javid. Leadership will continue to lead in the next cycle. So strong and
1: stocks continue to be strong. And if you're going to gonna own,
3: and if you're going to own the weaker stocks, make sure you're getting paid in between. Meaning you're getting those dividends. Dividends are increasing, and make sure that you own quality because the market may not agree with you on your timeline.
1: Quality, quality, quality. And so what, what we mean by that? the best in breed in the sector? So, if it's an oil stock, buy the biggies. If it's a healthcare stock, buy the biggies. If it's a real estate company, buy the biggies. Uh, don't be lured just by the dividend. Be careful. The really high dividend pairs tend to get cut, and the talk, stocks tend to be weak. Dividend growers. Too much detail for you guys. You shouldn't even worry about this stuff. You should hire someone like Jack and I, and we'll worry about the minutiae with Javid for you. Anyways, that's it. Show's over. Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday on 640 Toronto. Javid Mirza, our technician, I thank you for your time. My partner, Jack Hartle. As always, a delight. Friends at home, be well, be safe, be wealthy. Work, 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 work. Save, invest, repeat 25 years. Got it? See ya.